0: Hi everyone. Thank you for listening to Gone Fishing. We are Claudia and Lonnie, two innovates at TKS, aka the Knowledge Society, and we're both interested in cybersecurity and anything that falls under that umbrella. Gone Fishing aims to cover a new cybersecurity topic every two weeks and go in-depth about both the technical computer science and the worldwide impact of each topic. Today, we're talking about virtual machines, aka VMs.
1: Let's start off by defining what a VM is before we talk about why they're important or how they work. Virtual machines are exactly as they sound like, a completely virtual computer made within a computer. They act like any other program one would run. However, they are separate from the computer they are a part of, like a box inside of a box. The work done inside the virtual machine did not affect the computer it was made in through a method called sandboxing. Virtual machines are not only used for cybersecurity practices, but also for testing pre-release software applications, and for using software they may not be compatible with the original operating system. Even if they are not as popular as they used to be, they do pop up once in a while, as a recent lawsuit surrounding IBM and Microsoft shows.
0: IBM recently sued Microsoft over a patent they made since Amazon Web Services, aka AWS, and other services including them, have made licenses over automatic scaling of virtual machines in a cloud computing environment. Lots of words, sorry. The Azure Virtual Machine Scale Sets, known as VMSS, lets users create and manage a group of load-balanced VMs, which defines how traffic is managed and handled by VMs by providing automated virtual machine scaling, which allows users to deploy and maintain machines in Azure cloud. These features infringe a certain patent. This lawsuit gives us an opportunity to learn about two things here, load balance VMs and VM scaling. A VM load, AKA the amount of data being processed and memory and CPU being used can become uneven over time. As a result, VM hosts can become either more or less loaded. This in turn may result in some of the worker computers being temporarily unavailable during patching or other maintenance processes. With the load balancing feature, web services can provide enough computing resources for VMs in which VMs are migrated from one node, that's a worker computer, to another, when one node is overloaded and another node has free computing sources. For VM scaling, we can see two different directions of scaling with different functions. VM vertical scaling, also known as scale up and scale down, means increasing or decreasing VM sizes and capacities in response to a workload. Compare this behavior with horizontal scaling, also referred to as scale out and scale in, where the number of VMs is altered depending on the workload instead of their capacities.
1: Although most people do not use virtual machines these days, they are still a perfect way to get into cybersecurity. The most popular virtual machine software comes from VirtualBox and Windows Virtual PC. Alongside this, virtual machines are often paired with an operating system, the most common being Ubuntu. When you open up your virtual machine software, you'll be able to choose operating system, memory size, a virtual hard disk, storage, file location, size, as well as name. From there, you can change practically anything about your machine. From CPU to video memory, you can fine-tune it to test your hacking, or try out an application you want to release. Once that's up and running, you should be able to open up your machine with your selected operating system. It will appear as a window on your computer and will act like any other application you have. Now, let's see how this simple but cool software has impacted the world around us.
0: In the computing field, operating system designers adopted the term virtual in the early 1960s to refer to operating system components that simulated machines or devices. Also in the early 1960s, IBM had a wide range of systems, each generation of which was substantially different from the previous. This made it difficult for customers to keep up with the changes and requirements of each new system. Also, computers could only do one thing at a time, they weren't capable of multitasking. On July 1, 1963, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, aka MIT, announced Project Mac. Project Mac originally stood for Mathematics and Computation, but was later renamed to Multiple Access Computer. Project Mac was funded by a $2 million grant from DARPA to fund research into computers. MIT needed new computer hardware, capable of more than one simultaneous user, and saw proposals from various computer vendors, including GE and IBM. At this time, IBM was not willing to make a commitment towards a time-sharing computer, because they didn't feel that there was a big enough demand, and MIT did not want to have to use a specially modified system. GE, on the other hand, was willing to make a commitment towards a time-sharing computer. For this reason, MIT chose GE as their vendor of choice. The loss of this opportunity was a bit of a wake-up call for IBM, who then started to take notice as to the demand for such a system, especially when IBM heard of Bell Labs' need for a similar system. In response to the need from MIT and Bell Labs, IBM designed the CP40 mainframe. The CP40 was never sold to customers and was only used in labs. However, it's still important since the CP40 later evolved into the CP67 system, which is the first commercial mainframe to support virtualization. CP was the program which created virtual machines. Here we are. The idea was that CP ran on the mainframe and created virtual machines which ran the CMS, which the user would then interact with. Now. Virtual machines are widely adopted and it's common for users to incorporate a virtual machine into their computer if they want to have encrypted chat conversations, if there's a piece of software that they depend on, and a multitude of other reasons. Virtual machines have changed the landscape of web services and of the capabilities of computer loads.
1: Thank you so much for listening to episode one of gone fishing we're so excited to get our podcast off the ground and share ideas we really care about you can find us both on linkedin and on medium
0: for this episode we got our information from how to geek network world law street media and the intercept see you next episode